I learned it's okay to recognize that self-worth comes wrapped in vulnerability and that what we share as humans on this earth is the impulse to strive for better, always and no matter what. If you know your light, you know yourself. You know your own story in an honest way. Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future. Hi, my name is Herb Lamba and welcome to my podcast where I will share practical insights from the world's best authors. Knowledge is empowered. Applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now. Hi, welcome to Philosopher Insights. My name is Herb Lamba. Today we're discussing the light we carry, the power of self-control. The author is former First Lady Michelle Obama, and the book is published in 2022. I want to share a number of my favorite insights from this book, starting with Go Small, Self-Consciousness, Friends Matter, A Lesson from Mom, The Vault, Life Requires Agility, and finishing off with When They Go Low, We Go High. So let's start with the introduction. Quote, I have been asked if I might have in my pocket somewhere a formula for dealing with these things, something to help cut through the confusion, something to make the overcoming easier. Trust me, I understand how useful that would be. I'd love to produce a clear, bullet-pointed set of steps to help conquer every uncertainty and hasten the climb to whatever heights you hope to reach. I wish it were that simple. I don't believe there are tidy solutions or pithy answers to life's big problems. What I can offer is a glimpse inside my personal toolbox. This book is meant to show you what I keep there and why. What I use professionally and personally to stay balanced and confident. What keeps me moving forward even during times of high anxiety and stress. Some of my tools are habits and practices. Some are actual physical objects. And the rest are attitudes and beliefs born out of my personal history and set of experiences. My ongoing process of becoming. I don't intend this to be a how-to manual. Rather, what you'll find in these pages is a series of honest reflections on what my life has taught me so far. The levers and hydraulics of how I get myself through. I learned it's okay to recognize that self-worth comes wrapped in vulnerability and that what we share as humans on this earth is the impulse to strive for better. Always and no matter what. If you know your light, you know yourself. You know your own story in an honest way. In my experience, this type of self-knowledge confidence, which in turn breeds calmness and an ability to maintain perspective, which leads, finally, to being able to connect meaningfully with others. And this, to me, is the bedrock of all things. One light feeds another. One strong family lends strength to more. One engaged community can ignite those around it. This is the power of the light we carry. End quote. That is from the introductory chapter of Michelle Obama's latest book. I thoroughly enjoyed this book as it mixes in the challenges and experiences in her life with some practical strategies she uses to deal with the stresses of everyday life. As I pulled out the insights I wanted to share, I focused on the tools in her toolbox, and I would urge you to read the book for the detailed stories and examples that helped develop these tools and make Michelle Obama the remarkable person she is today. Insight number one, go small. Quote, I've come to understand that sometimes the big stuff comes easier to handle when you deliberately put something small alongside it. When everything starts to feel big and therefore scary and insurmountable, 
when I hit a point of feeling or thinking or seeing too much. I've learned to make a choice to go toward the small. On days when my brain apprehends nothing but monolithic catastrophe and doom, when I feel paralyzed by not-enoughness and my agitation begins to stir, I pick up knitting needles and give my hands a chance to take over, to quietly click us out of that hard place. Anytime your circumstances start to feel all-consuming, I suggest you try going in the other direction, toward the small. Look for something that'll help rearrange your thoughts, a pocket of contentness where you can live for a while. And by this, I don't mean sitting passively in front of your television or scrolling through your phone. Find something that's active, something that asks your mind but uses your body as well. Immerse yourself in the process. Maybe you spend an afternoon wallpapering the bathroom, or baking bread, or doing nail art, or making jewelry. Allow yourself the gift of absorption. End quote. Michelle Obama granted all of us permission to take a step back from our big goals and dreams and focus our energy on achieving a smaller feat. Life's problems will always be there, but her brilliant insight gives you an opportunity to temporarily break away from life's biggest obstacles and lose yourself in something much smaller and more pleasant. Quote, Small endeavors help to guard our happiness, to keep it from getting consumed by all that's big. And when we feel good, it turns out we become less paralyzed. When we allow ourselves to celebrate tiny victories as important and meaningful, we start to understand the incremental nature of change. End quote. I would highly encourage you to relate this idea to your quest to optimize your own life and achieve the ultimate goal of expressing the best version of yourself. How could you install lifelong habits and make self-discipline your superpower by going small? Don't overwhelm yourself trying to change everything in your life immediately. That is a one-way ticket to depression and anxiety. Instead, focus on accomplishing small actions in pursuit of your bigger goals and dreams. Insight number two, self-consciousness. Quote, it can be easy to presume that your differentness is the most visible part of you, the thing people perceive first and remember longest. Sometimes this is absolutely true, and other times it's not. The difficult part is that you will rarely know. You have little choice except to keep going, regardless. But the problem is, once you allow the judgment of others inside, it gets distracting. This is the hallmark of self-consciousness, a shift from thinking about yourself to imagining how people are thinking about you. You start carrying the load of your label, whatever that label may be. Your differentness attaches to you like a flag, end quote. If you're anything like me, you've dealt with this many times throughout your life. You worry more about what other people will think of you than you do about what is best for you. It is surprising how much time we can waste worrying about what other people will think of us, especially since they are usually so preoccupied with their own drama that they don't give a second thought to the difficulties in your life. Quote, when you start to rewrite the story of not mattering, you start to find a new center. You remove yourself from other people's mirrors and begin speaking more fully from your own experience, your own knowing place. It doesn't remove all the obstacles, but I've found that it helps to shrink them. This, I believe, is the root of true confidence and becomes the place from which you can move toward more visibility, more agency, and more ability to create broader change. End quote. It's challenging to imagine what isn't tangible. You can't consciously work toward what you can't see. 
it requires both bravery and perseverance to change the narrative about not mattering. It's time to rise up to the challenge. Insight number three, friends matter. Quote, Finding and maintaining healthy friendships may not always be the easiest undertaking, especially now that a pandemic has made casual interactions more fraught. But the benefits have been well established. If you have strong social ties, research shows that you are likely to live longer and with less stress. Even small social interactions, the kind you have while buying a cup of coffee or walking the dog, have been shown to boost mental health and create stronger ties inside a community. I'm not sure how friendship or even just engaging with another person in the three minutes it takes to buy your morning coffee has come to feel like a small act of bravery. Perhaps, as I mentioned earlier, it's because we now carry with us little rectangular shields against face-to-face sociability. Our phones, which I think also shield us from serendipity. As we move through life engaged with our phones, we are also blocking out dozens of tiny but meaningful pathways for connection. End quote. I wanted to share this insight because it is alarming to see how isolated people are becoming and how, after the pandemic, they are choosing to accept this as the new normal. The problem with losing out on new meaningful connections or failing to maintain existing friendships is its enormous impact on people's mental health. What action can you take today to engage in a meaningful connection with a friend? How can you build opportunities in your day to connect with new people? You will feel less anxiety, less depression, and you'll live longer. Sounds like a worthwhile endeavor to me. Insight number four, a lesson from mom. Quote, the alarm clock approach was representative of an even more deliberate undertaking on my parents' part. And that was to help us kids learn to get on our feet and stay on our feet, not just physically, but emotionally. From the day she birthed each of her children, my mother was striving toward a singular goal, and that was to render herself more or less obsolete in our lives. My mom made no bones about the fact that especially when it came to -to day-to-day practical tasks, her plan was to become as unnecessary in our lives as possible, as quickly as possible. Quote, I'm not raising babies, she used to say. I'm raising adults, end quote. I really love this lesson from her mom. There is far too much helicopter parenting going on today. And because of this, kids have no idea how to do anything for themselves. Their parents choose to do it for them. Parents like to love on their kids, completely understandable. But one of the most important skills a child develops is independence and the realization that the good things in life are not just handed to you. It's easier for kids to make mistakes when they're little, my mom told me recently. Let them make them. And then you can't make too big a deal out of it either. Because if you do, they'll stop trying. End quote. I think Michelle's mom should write her own book. In a world where making mistakes is frowned upon, failure is not an option, we are raising kids that have little to no resilience. We are raising kids that have no desire to try because the obstacles in life are hard, and they don't have the tools to overcome them. Insight number five, The Vault. Quote, I want to begin with why I think it matters that we look for these opportunities to get more comfortable with ourselves and our stories, and just as importantly, to create space and acceptance for the stories of others, whether it's at work or in our personal lives, or in an ideal world, both. On a very basic level, It can be relieving when you take a calculated risk and let something out of the vault, releasing yourself from the obligation to keep it hidden or from trying to compensate for whatever might make you different from your peers. It's a means 
of finding your own light, which will often help others see it as well. A lot of us wait too long to begin even trying to know or give voice to our own stories. What matters most is that we find ways to examine what's there in the vault and to think about whether or not it serves us to hold it inside. End quote. What is in your life's vault? What is something you feel uncomfortable expressing to the world for fear of being judged or believing that nobody else would understand your truth? Quote, in keeping our vulnerabilities private, we never get the chance to know who else is out there, who else might understand or even be helped by whatever it is we're holding back. Our differences are treasures, and they're also tools. They are useful, valid, worthy, and important to share. Recognizing this, not only in ourselves but in the people around us, we begin to rewrite more and more stories of not mattering. End quote. I have heard countless stories of people who changed the lives of others only after they opened up about their own vulnerabilities. It is often in our perceived weaknesses that we find our power. Vulnerability isn't weakness. Vulnerability isn't shameful. Vulnerability is courage. And the world is craving more of it. Insight number six, life requires agility. Quote, at some point, life will inevitably complicate any dream, whether it's breaking into a certain professional field, performing on a big stage, or making meaningful social change. The limits come pretty quickly into view. Obstacles crop up. Naysayers emerge. Unfairness clutters the road. Practical concerns will often assert themselves. Money gets tight. Time grows short. Ask anyone who's gotten themselves even partway to where they want to be. Getting to where you want to go at some point will almost by necessity start to feel like a fight. End quote. Amen to that. As John Maxwell says, quote, Everything worthwhile in life is uphill. Which means that those of us who want to achieve big things in life won't do it by battling lizards. We are battling dragons. We know it won't be fair. We know people will doubt us. And we know... We may never reach our ultimate goal. That is why we need to be agile in our approach. Quote, you have to begin playing both offense and defense at the same time, pushing yourself forward while also doubling back to guard your resources, advancing towards your goals without fully draining your strength. If you want to break barriers and knock down walls, I found you'll need to find and protect your own boundaries, watching over your time, your energy, your health, and your spirit as you go. The point is that nobody survives a hero's journey undefended. The challenge in leading a big life becomes trying to find ways to protect your dreams and your drive, to remain tough without being overly guarded, to stay nimble and open to growth, allowing others to see you for who you are. It's about learning how to shelter your flame without hiding its light. I live by this code I learned growing up on Euclid Avenue, the one that always puts preparedness and adaptability way ahead of fear. End quote. Final insight. When they go low, we go high. Quote, Truthfully, I had no idea that the phrase, we go high, would attach itself to me for years to come, becoming almost synonymous with my name. All I was doing, really, was sharing a simple motto that my family tried to live by, a convenient bit of shorthand Barack and I used to remind ourselves to hold on to our integrity when we saw others losing theirs. Going high is like drawing a line in the sand, a boundary we can make visible and then take a moment to consider. Which side of this do I want to be on? It's a reminder to pause and be thoughtful, a call to respond with both your heart and your head. Going high is always a test as I see it. End quote. 
This was my favorite insight in this book. There is no doubt in my mind that the world would be a much better place if more people lived by the motto, when they go low, we go high. Nothing matters more in life than operating with integrity. Michelle speaks of all the global chaos and unfairness in the world and how it's important that we maintain our integrity. We go high no matter what the circumstance. Quote, it's about taking an abstract and usually upsetting feeling and working to convert it into some sort of actionable plan, to move through the raw stuff and into the direction of the larger solution. End quote. It truly is a form of emotional resilience. It is recognizing that between stimulus and response, there is a space where we have an opportunity to make a better choice. Most people choose to go low when others go low, but by developing the awareness and emotional resilience, you are armed with a tool that allows you to make a better choice. Quote, going high is work, often hard, often tedious, often inconvenient, and often bruising. You will need to disregard the haters and the doubters. You will need to build some walls between yourself and those who would prefer to see you fail. What I want to say, what I will always remind you of is this. Going high is a commitment, and not a particularly glamorous one, to keep moving forward. It only works when we do the work. I'll keep opening your letters, I'll continue answering the question, and I'll stick with my same answer about whether going high matters. It's yes. Always yes. End quote. These are some of the final words in the book. Michelle Obama has written a brilliant book full of life-changing insights and inspiration. I believe at the time of writing this note in late December 2022, it is the number one book on Amazon. Michelle Obama is an inspiration and a guiding light to millions of people worldwide, and her message is powerfully captured in this book. That concludes the insights I wanted to share from The Light We Carry by Michelle Obama. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Lamba. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To go deeper with me, you can register for free at www.philosopherinsights.com for instant access to a growing library of Philosopher Insights, which are 8-10 to 10 page PDFs, plus 20-minute MP3s that break down my favorite insights from the world's best personal development books. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Facebook at Optimal Herb. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.